Welcome to the This is Believeland Real Browns Fans Podcast. I am your host, James Mastrucci, and I am, of course, joined by my co-host, Jordan Cohen. Jordan, how are you doing today? Hey, James. I'm doing really well. How about you? Doing pretty good. Dealt with some traffic issues on my way home today, but besides that, doing pretty good. Nice, nice. Yeah, I mean, I feel like it's kind of weird because society is, like, returning to normal, Mm-hmm. And that means traffic is back again. Yeah, it was one of those things that you really didn't really think about all that much. Then when it's back, it's like, oh, I forgot about this. This sucks. Right. Right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, nice. Well, I'm glad we can podcast. I'm glad you got back. Yeah, I was able to get home just in time. But, you know, as much as people want to hear about two guys bitching about traffic and, uh, you know, having to deal with all that nonsense... We're here to talk about the Browns, because that's what we do here. And uh, more specifically, uh, an article from Robert Mays that you brought to my attention. Yeah, so he wrote it for The Athletic. I think it was by far... So it was very similar to your piece that you wrote a few months ago about (laughs) Baker's contract. Yeah. But I I think like in terms of major media outlet... It was the most balanced piece I, I had read. And it makes like a few points, which I think are really just accurate, right? We have a year and a half of data of Baker being a top 10 cornerback in the NFL. We also have a year and a half of data of Baker being a bottom 10 quarterback in the NFL. Mm-hmm. And that data is not like linear, right? It's not like his first year and a half he was bad and the second year and a half he was good or vice versa. Yeah. It's split in between. And I, and he said the risk of giving him a contract, it, it, if you overpay Baker in a vacuum, it's probably like it doesn't matter. But the Browns can only win now with Baker making too much money because Baker's not making too much money, right? Baker's making like $10 million a year. The second you move him up to 40, probably two of maybe more Miles Garrett, Odell Beckham, Jarvis Landry, Nick Chubb, and the offensive line, Denzel Ward, too, will have to go. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, it's my, I'm more skeptical, right? I'm skeptical. Can the Browns win with Baker making 40 million? And that was his point. And he says, and I, James, you and I have said this for a year. It does not hurt either party to let Baker play the yard. It's like what Kyle brought up on the show. If Baker throws for 4,000 yards, the Browns are going to have to overpay him. Yeah. It's just the reality. But if I'm, and I am a Browns fan, if Baker's throwing for 4,000 yards and getting us in the, at least where we were in the playoffs last year, the AFC championship game, like that's mm-hmm. okay. I'm willing to overpay for that. My yeah. concern is he has not had a 4,000 yard season or anywhere really even close to that since entering. Well, th- there's, there's that. And let's say he does have a 4,000 yard season. He does have a 30 plus touchdown year. All of your concerns and questions about him suddenly go away. And th- right. that's, a, that's a good thing, but right up to this point, they're still here. They're, they're still right. generally inconsistent play. At times, he is erratic. Like, th- that's what no, it that's is. What is. That's, I mean, that's what he is. Nate Tice was saying this on, I think it was the PFF show, the PFF forecast, mm-hmm. uh, which was, uh, when they get good guests on, I really like that podcast. When they don't, I no comment. Um, <laughs> but, but, but Nate Tice made this point, which is that what's so interesting about Baker, what puts him... If you want to rank kind of that Baker Mayfield, Ryan Tannehill, Kirk Cousins tier of Jimmy Garoppolo's in there too, yeah. tier of quarterbacks, what makes Baker unique compared to the other three 
is his highs and lows. And we've talked about this, right? Yeah. And Nate, I said, like, if you have Baker on a good day, you have a, you, you can win any game, period. Mm-hmm. And that that's not necessarily the case with the other three. But the problem is the other three don't have stinkers like Baker does. And that's what makes it so hard to rank him. Yes. I mean, do, do I feel like... I, I, I'm trying to work my way through this, I guess. Uh, while they don't have the highs that you see, really, of Baker that he has shown, because he has had some incredible high moments, some, some really good performances, it's sometimes you would think just having that steady level of consistency, even though it doesn't have the highs or lows, would produce overall more, I guess, better results for, for the team. Absolutely. It would just be a, a nice steady presence to have. So you're you're not wondering, oh, is, is Baker, is he clicking today or is he a little bit off? Is his passes going to be off by like a couple inches where they can still make it work? Or is he throwing behind guys or over guys or at their feet? I mean, because it, it, it really just sometimes goes, not even game to game, but sometimes just drive to drive. He looks locked in and suddenly just out of sync. Well, it's like that second Bengals game, right? The first half of that game, he was not good. The, the Browns were scoring, but he he did not look good. And then the second half, he lit it up, which was great. But it, I, I think your point's right, which is that... Do I think the Vikings regret paying Kirk Cousins? No, I don't. And I know it probably ends without them winning anything. Mm-hmm. But because Kirk Cousins is the steady Eddie... Like, the Vikings had chances. Like, the Vikings could have beaten... I think it was the 49ers they lost to last year, and it was a bad game. But, like, I think if you play that game 10 times, Vikings probably win two or three of them, mm-hmm. right? And so there's an element of that steadiness that's good, which is that, like, if Kirk Cousins is your quarterback, you know he will never be bad enough that you won't make the playoffs. You may not make the playoffs for other reasons. Yeah. And, and I do think Stefanski made him look much better than he is. Yeah. But I... Ultimately, for me, I just... So, okay. Let's think about it like this. What is the argument for Payne Baker Mayfield? Right? Like, what is the argument? The, the argument right now, that, what would you say the argument The is? argument that exists or the argument that I would be behind? Because those are two different things. The argument... Like, if you were to make an argument that the Browns should re-sign Baker Mayfield today, or extend Baker Mayfield today, I guess is the better word, what is that argument? Um... It's it's really hard to come up with one. It really, it, mean, it, it really is. I mean, you could you could say if uh, not this isn't something that I'm behind, but the argument exists of setting the market for the quarterback thing. But I, I don't think that really applies considering we've discussed it before. Josh Allen, and Lamar Jackson, they're they're better at this moment in time, and they've done more, and they're going to get paid more. At least they should. Yeah. Uh, the only way that would possibly make sense is if. He signs some sort of middle-of-the-road type deal, which allows them to set their books in line for the next couple years, but it doesn't sound like that's what he's going to be looking for. So that's out the window. So, like, yeah, I mean, and I actually think Mays talked about this in his article, but what middle-of-the-road looks like in this environment is $30 a year. Mm -hmm. Again, I, I think that's closer to fair. I wouldn't hate that deal. But I wouldn't love it. And, and the argument for loving that type of deal is 
theoretically, when the new TV revenue comes in in two years, the cap's going to skyrocket. And then having Baker with three years left on his deal with $30 million a year is is good. And I, okay, like, you know what? I hear that. It's the same reason the Vikings did give Kirk Cousins that money. Like, okay, fine. But if Baker wants close to 40, again, I, I just, I guess the argument would be, given, like, if you look at last year as a whole, he was much better in the second half than in the first half. Right. Mm-hmm. And that if you're the Browns, if you don't resign Baker, who are you going to get that's better than him? Point A of evidence is the Washington football team with Kirk Cousins. So I think that's like the argument, right? And that if you can get him for 30 to 35 million and it doesn't work out, then you trade him like the Rams did with Jared Goff. Mm-hmm. I, I think that is like the crux of the argument. It all, but again, and you and I have talked about this, it comes down to how much value you're putting on those last eight to ten games of the season. Yeah, it, 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 right? really, it really does. It, it, you know, I, I know a lot of people are putting ton, a ton of stock in that second half of the year, but you really can't do that. Well, and I also, and this has always been my concern, I I've said it for since they hired him. I loved the Stavansky hire mm-hmm. because I watched all 16 of those Vikings games and the two playoff games. And it is clear Stefanski is really, really, really good at making his quarterbacks better. He puts them in situations to succeed. Mm-hmm. And, and listen, I hear the argument. If he's that good, the Browns will keep him forever. And this may reflect that I'm a Chelsea football club fan. And every time you hear... They're keeping a manager forever. They fire him the next season. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. If the Browns go, let's say there's a bad injury, right? Let's say yeah. Chubb's out, Chubb gets hurt preseason, and then you lose Jarvis to something, mm-hmm. right? And you go 5-11 and 11 this year. Stefanski's all of a sudden on the hot seat. And if you've just given Baker a 35 to $40 million a year deal, mm-hmm. and you're banking on Stefanski, like, I, I think it puts... A, it, it means Stefanski has to be perfect. And like the uh, Shanahan McVay interview on the ringer, they, they really hinted this, right? That the nice thing about having a really good quarterback is the quarterback can make plays, right? They can mm-hmm. get you a bucket, right? So it, listen, every offensive coordinator is going to call the wrong play. Sometimes it happens, but yeah. having a good quarterback can deal with that. And that's nothing like, I'm not saying Stefanski's bad because he calls bad plays. Like it's reality. Mm-hmm. And I, I still don't know. And I think it's because we're basically talking about a 10-game sample size, and I don't believe that is enough data to go off of. I, I am concerned that you pay him that, and then you're stuck. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that's that's a, it's a real concern, because once you pay Baker Mayfield a large dollar figure... It's going to come at the expense of other players. And considering where the high-dollar figure salary players are on the roster and which side of the ball needs more help, it's going to come at the expense of offensive skill position players. Right. And here's the other problem. Like, those offensive skill position players are the players that drive the offense, Mm -hmm. right? Like, I'm not 
as huge of a fan as some at re-signing Wyatt Teller, but like I think they want to, and I think that's understandable. Uh, I that to me makes more sense than extending Baker. Um, but Wyatt Teller, Nick Chubb, and probably one of Jarvis and Odell mm-hmm. are gone. Like that that's the reality unless that calf rise is so significant but you're already paying miles i think is the highest paid defensive player in football and that was that was a dumb contract to give too mm-hmm. right the, like my frustration i think right now is that and again i'm giving andrew barry credit even mays talked about in his article he doesn't think barry's going to give baker that big dollar figure in a contract good <laughs> right i trust me i agree but, like, if they do that, to me, it is a signal that while their short-term planning may be really good, there's a lack of foresight. Mm-hmm. And there are ways to structure that contract, right? May's talking about, like, listen, you could pay Baker Mayfield $40 million this year, next year, and then reduce it to twenty five the next two years. And, like, that's fine. Baker's mm-hmm. not going to sign that. And if Baker's not going to sign that, then you're, are, you are where you're at right now, which is play out the year. Just yeah. play out the year. Yeah. Baker has confidence. I'm sure Baker thinks he's worth that much to prove it. I mean, Baker does think he's worth that much. He does probably thinks he's worth more than that, to be honest with you. Uh, Right. And listen, out of my quarterback, I like a little ego. So that's fine. But like, mm -hmm. prove it. Show it. Show it first season. Yeah. Show show it to me before we go. Here you go. Here's a large contract. Because, I mean, like you said, the we we have a year and a half of good data, a year and a half of bad data, and it's kind of all over the place. It's not in a straight line, so we we don't know what we're gonna get. I mean, so what do you think about the argument? Just to devil's kind of advocate us for a second, because okay. I think we both agree on this. Baker could have took the Browns to the playoffs, right? Does hmm. that stand? Does that count for something in your view? Him taking the Browns to the playoffs? And if you're thinking Stefanski took the Browns to the playoffs, Baker's along for the ride, let's just ignore that for a second. Okay. So Baker Mayfield was the quarterback of the team that went to the playoffs. Does that mean anything? Yes, Yes, correct. Not really? Uh, I I mean, sure. I mean, he... He he played well enough that the team was able to get into the into the playoffs, but it's not like, you know, he went on some just tear and was this dominant performer week in and week out. I mean, it's not like he had a. I know it's a completely different style, but it's not like he was Mar Jackson when he won the MVP, or it's not like he was Patrick Mahomes when he won the MVP. Or even Josh Allen, or even just Josh Allen last year, or you know, he wasn't at that level. He wasn't a guy that's like. Oh, Baker's gonna take this game over right now. That just that didn't happen. He played well, but he didn't take games over. And so, right, it, he was part of the the collaborative effort that got the team to the playoffs. So yeah, he's the quarterback in the most important position. But I I think it's important to separate him being the quarterback on a team that went to the playoffs from quarterbacks who lead their team to the playoffs. Okay. So I agree. So one more devil's advocate point. Okay. Uh, one more, because I think like the other one that's important is let's say Baker gets 33 million a year, right? Which is probably higher than you and I want, but mm-hmm. not high enough where we're like, this is a deal that's going to cripple the Browns cap forever. Yeah. Right. Okay. 
So let's say 33 million, given the the soon to come cap rise. Mm-hmm. Does that 33 million like are the gains of signing him to that versus the 40 to 45 it would be if he has a good year this year? Or is saving that 10 to 12 million worth it for you? Uh, no, it isn't. Why? Because I still I'm still of the belief that he needs help as a player. I'm still of the belief that he needs that boost from other players on the team. I mean, yeah, everyone knows he loves him some Rashard Higgins, but let's get real here. Rashard Higgins is down the roster, down the depth chart in the receiving room. So, um, I just, I, I look at, I look at Baker, and if, and while it, well, I guess it would have the smaller dollar figure. I would rather wait to see him actually show me he's not, or he's better than what we think he is, or he's more consistent, or he can reach a, a level that he hasn't shown yet. Then, you know, pay ahead of time for a little bit less of a dollar figure and not necessarily know what you're getting out of him. You know what I mean? Because if you're paying him that $40 million, it's because he, he, he performed well enough. He did something to, to say... Hey, I'm worth getting paid forty million dollars. I mean, you could pay him thirty-three million dollars, and he could like tank. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, I I agree with it, and it's hard because I don't. I think the arguments for signing Baker, re-signing Baker, are not necessarily based in reality. I think Baker, and I don't think he's wrong here. I think Baker asking for forty million a year makes sense. Like for if I'm Baker, that's what I want. Oh, yeah. Right? And to me, that makes sense. I don't think that's Baker being arrogant. I don't think any of that. I think Baker, if you are Baker Mayfield, $7 million a year, like people don't think that matters, which is weird to me because they just think of the 33 versus 40. That, that's an enormous amount of money. Mm-hmm. That's that's a so starting Baker. That's a starting defender. Right. Right. Exactly. And if you're Baker Mayfield, that's a new house. Yeah. Right? Or, or massive investments, whatever. Like, that's a substantial chunk of money. And I just, it, listen, if it means we have to pay Baker $50 million next year because he has 4,000 yards and takes us close to the Super Bowl, clearly with the engine driving the team, then I'll say, you know what? Those of you that predicted he was going to be like this, you are right. I was wrong. But I'm happy to pay that money because that means we have our guy. Exactly. Like, I, I... ask the Seahawks. Ask the Seahawks, are they happy they paid Russell Wilson what they did? Because for as many people that would say, well, you know, they haven't won a Super Bowl since, yeah, but they've been a playoff team every year and they've gone deep in the playoffs a lot of years. Mm -hmm. I I don't think they're upset about it. I think they think that was worth it. And should they have paid him earlier to avoid paying him this much? In hindsight, yeah, but I don't think they would tell you they regret doing what they did. No. I mean, they went to -to back-to-back Super Bowls. They almost won two in a row. Right. And they've been in the playoffs like every year, more or less. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I don't even think, to be fair, I don't even think Pete Carroll's that great of a coach, at least like in terms of tactics. Like, I think he's a great man coach. Like, he's great at like motivating, but mm-hmm. like, I don't think they have like the most genius offense or defense. I just like, I think they built that team well. And you know what? They had to get punched in the face mm-hmm. with having to pay him probably an extra 10 million a year. But but it was worth the punch in the face. 
Yeah, that, that, that punch in the face allowed them to keep their defense together for one extra season, which was the right. reason why they were so good. You right. know, that, that punch in the face in Cleveland is keeping the offense together for another season. Right. It's key. I, I mean, that punch in the face in Cleveland, like, just to be honest, is Nick Chubb. Yeah. That is Nick Chubb. Because if they re-sign Nick Chubb, I think it signals they either think uh, what I think it signals is they think Baker could be the guy that is there when they go to the Super Bowl, right? Mm-hmm. They, they, they think that, but they don't necessarily think he's good enough quarterback to take them there. If they wait, I think what that signals is they don't know. And this, if they wait and the second they pay Baker that 40 plus million is the second Nick Chubb is going to be franchise tagged and then probably traded. Yeah. And like I'm not saying that's good or bad. I'm just saying that's reality. And and that's a good point. It's important to understand the the ripple effect that these moves have. It's important to to realize that it's not just the one move in a vacuum. It's what is the impact of signing these players to these these deals? I mean, cuz you you sign Let's say that we live in a universe where they somehow magically sign uh, all of Wyatt Teller, Baker Mayfield, Nick Chubb. That means okay. Odell and Jarvis are definitely gone. That means they've probably found a someone to dump Austin Hooper onto. Uh, it probably means... What does it mean for our boy David, Najoku? <laughs> <laughs> it means he's walked in free agency, which okay. I wouldn't hate. Um <clears throat> It probably means uh, some of their defensive players aren't here anymore. Denzel Ward's gone, then. Yeah. I, I mean, which is why I don't think that's going to be what happens. I think right now the question the Browns are asking themselves is, is Baker a guy that can overcome a lack of talent? Or is he a guy that needs that lack of talent or that needs that talent around him? Like, I don't care what anybody said like i'm sorry i just like to a certain degree don't care about like this idea that running backs don't matter and you and i've talked about this Mm -hmm. i I think that probably holds for like 90 percent of running backs in the nfl i don't think that holds for nick chubb i think nick chubb and we know this because remember what they did to the boxes the second half of the season Mm -hmm. right every team stacked the box against us and i am sorry maybe it's because of the offense right maybe they're scared of stefanski that's fine too it doesn't matter yeah that's I don't think that happens without Nick Chubb. Well, I mean, even if it does happen without Nick Chubb and it's Kareem Hunt, it, the offense doesn't. The, the, there right. is no rushing attack. The right. the, the right. running game exactly. just effectively dies, and we right. saw that over and over again. Yeah, and like I don't get me wrong, I like Kareem Hunt, the player. I think he's a really useful running back. But I mean, Nick Chubb actually, I think hit a lot of things. Like I think there was some issues in the passing game especially mm-hmm. in the play action game that were not necessarily all baker's fault uh but i think nick chubb hit a lot of those issues like i really do i think because he would just like out of nowhere break out an 80 yard run right yeah. and then it'd be like oh well like who cares about like the fact that baker was overthrowing receivers and again not necessarily that it's baker's fault there was some where the receivers like clearly ran a bad route yeah um but but chubb hid that Right, because you don't worry about the play on the drive that doesn't work. Then, yeah, you you don't worry about the you know the slant pattern that he threw a foot behind somebody when the next right. play is an eighty yard Nick Chubb touchdown. 
Yeah, or when Richard Higgins catches actually what is a perfectly thrown ball from Baker Mayfield and then, oh man, I don't know, fumbles it before scoring a touchdown in the uh, match, a game against Kansas City. I mean, hypothetical. But yeah, like, yeah, very much hypothetical. Yeah. Um, obviously, like, Chubb, di- that didn't happen on that drive. Mm-hmm. But if the Browns had won that game, that would have been hidden because I think to win that game, what happened in that second half beyond Mahomes just getting hurt is Chubb woke up. Mm-hmm. And I just, my worry, my concern is that without Chubb, those issues become very prevalent. And I'm not saying it's a Stefanski problem or a Baker problem or a receiver problem. I I think it's everybody, right? Mm-hmm. But Chubb hides it because I think you're right about Chubb in the passing game. I think you're right about like wanting to be cautious about his new contract. I don't think I, – I think Nick Chubb and Derrick Henry are so far above anybody else as a runner, like mm-hmm. just a pure running back in the NFL right now, Yeah, that I think they're game changers. I really do. And if this argument is, well, they only matter when you have the lead – great that's fine because if you want to be a winning team turns out you're gonna have the lead a lot (laughs) that is a good point it's a it's a it's a very good point and you know i you you look at the i just i i have a hard time overall looking at this specific type of offense with the quarterback the browns have and seeing it working without someone like Nick Chubb. Well, turns out we did last season and we went like one and three, mm-hmm. right? We beat the Colts. And then I think the Raiders game, I remember there was at least one or two losses in there. Maybe not been three. Yeah. It's, but there were some losses. You, he needs someone to take the pressure off him consistently, not just every once in a while, which right. would be if, if it was just receivers or a tight end, but the, the consistent presence of Nick Chubb allows the, the pressure to come off of Baker Mayfield and that's better for him. And like, I buy this argument that this scheme will make any running back look good. Like I, I think that's fair, mm-hmm. except for the fact that I don't think that's true. Look at the 49ers run game last year, mm-hmm. right? We, when Schwinn was on the pod a few days ago, we talked about this and I remember being surprised at just how bad their numbers were. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think, this offense is a guarantee success without a good running back. Do I think it can make an average running back look good and a good running back look great? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But I think you still need the talent there. And I think Kareem Hunt is talented, but do I want Kareem Hunt being my only back in this offense? Like, Kareem Hunt doesn't read. He just slams into the gap, <laughs> which is fine. Like, he, he is probably the best in the NFL at slamming into the gap. Mm-hmm. But this offense doesn't do gap scheme. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, or at least not a lot, not as much as they do zone. Yeah, and so we, it was just frustrating a couple times during last season when you would see just Cream Hunt run into the back of all of his blockers. It's like, dude, where are you going? Right. No, Cream Hunt. Again, I really think he is probably the best in the NFL, just slamming into an open gap. Mm-hmm. Like if that gap gets opened, he can just slam in and like go for eight to ten yards. Mm-hmm. The, the, but, like, here's the difference with Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb can do that, too. Maybe not as effectively, but he can do it. Nick Chubb also, on zone plays, though, can read. Like, what people just, like, talk about Nick Chubb, like, he's this physical beast, and he is this physical beast. But what makes Nick Chubb better than 
most running backs in the NFL as a runner is his vision. Yeah, he's right? a, like, he's excellent. He's everything. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't I, I would be interested, we'll never know this. I would be interested in if Nick Chubb has a voice kind of in the huddle in terms of like, hey, look for this. Or maybe on the sideline after drives. Like I, I don't know. I would be interested because he does see the field really well. Extremely well, and it does make a, a huge difference with their with their offensive style. Having a, a a running back with that, you know, just the ability to see the field like he does, it impacts the overall effectiveness of a lot of their plays. Yep. Yeah, I mean, I I, I keep going back to what Kyle said. Uh, if Baker throws for 4,000-plus yards and the Browns go deep in the playoffs, he's going to get paid. And I think that's fine. But I think in that situation, you probably are losing Nick Chubb. Maybe you trade him for something, mm-hmm. but, but I think you eventually lose him. Or you sacrifice another part of your team. I, I just... I, I need to see it. And if I see it, and I will admit I'm wrong, and whatever happens with Nick Chubb happens with Nick Chubb. But I, is even though I said I'm not sure how long Stavansky will be here, logically, I think he should be here for a long time, which means logically we're going to run some variant of this scheme for a long time. And yeah. good to your point, right? Is mm-hmm. Baker the guy that can offset things like a bad running game in this scheme? And I, I just, I don't know. We don't know, and you know, as much as people like to, uh, I guess, focus on a specific amount of data, the best way to get a more accurate representation of what you're trying to look at is having more data. And it feels like the Browns would be in, I guess, the camp of people to be looking at, hey, we want more data before we commit a large financial commitment to somebody. Flip a coin eight times, right? Yeah. You will not split four, four every time. No. You will the plurality of times, but you will not every time. And that's the problem with an eight-game sample size mm-hmm. to me. Yeah. I mean, that, that's an excellent point. I mean, we really – we just need more because it, it could be – even just increasing that data by 50%, so just four more, and it's an extreme side of that data – could skew all those numbers extre- just either extremely good or extremely badly. And it, it just shows you the the issues with only having eight games that you're going off of. And, and it's not that we don't like Baker, right? Like, I, I trust me, I want to look like an idiot, right? I want, like, I like, I love what Baker did to the second half of last season. Mm-hmm. I really like his attitude and his persona. I hope, like, he's, like, listened Jordan, you're going to pay me, I'm going to get paid 45 million a year because I'm this good. I yeah. want that to happen more than anything and I don't think it's implausible that it happens. I just don't to me personally and I obviously play no role in what the Browns do. To me personally, I just don't have enough stable data to make that decision. Yeah, it's 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 just we would love nothing more for Baker Mayfield to be that guy and end up with a large contract. We would love nothing more for that to happen. We just 
we don't, we're not sure if that can happen. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Because you know, there's there's nothing that is just as uh, entertaining as continuous quarterback contract extension discussions. <laughs> well, it's the Matt Stafford discussion, right? Like everybody's like, oh, well, look, the Rams got out of that problem. Well, first off, I, I mean, I think they did, but we need to see it. Mm-hmm. Secondly, it's not all that frequent where a guy who's been a top 10 quarterback in the NFL for the past, every year for the past decade just like becomes available, right? That yeah. doesn't happen that frequently. It doesn't happen that there is a team that's doing a rebuild that's willing to just take on Jared Goff's contract. And guess what? In this process, the Rams lost a lot of players, right? They lost receivers. They lost Todd Gurley. They lost offensive linemen. They, they had to rebuild the defense. The defense is better now, but mm-hmm. like that contract cost them. And they got lucky. I mean, that's <clears throat> sometimes you get lucky. Yes, yeah, but I'm not putting my bets on getting lucky because oh, guess no. what? As a Browns fan, we've missed the playoffs a lot of years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I mean, I, I, I don't hate getting lucky. I'd rather be, you know, <clears throat> have a better idea of what they're going to be, but I don't have a problem with them being lucky. Right. It just, you can't bet on luck. No, you can't. I mean, that's why people go to Vegas all the time and lose a ton of money. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I just... Again, there are people that know a lot more about football than I do, and I'm willing to admit it. And I've mm-hmm. seen these people talk, and I've heard these people talk, and say that it's not just... It wasn't like just random that Baker was doing better. He actually had fixed a lot of the problems he had in the first half of the season. Mm-hmm. And I buy that argument, and... Listen, they know more about it than me. They have more data in their head about the way football works than I do. Yeah. But, but, we've also seen, like, improvement in the NFL is not linear, mm-hmm. right? It, it actually, it's, like, it, it cycles, right? Tom Brady's last year in New England was not a good quarterback. Yeah. Tom Brady last year was one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. Right. It just that. And I know he's older. He's also Tom Brady. But like, that's my concern. That's just I want to see another year or honestly, if Baker looks great in the first eight games, then give him the contract then. And I, if you have to lose some like th- that's a, a better risk for me. Right. Mm-hmm. When there's more data. Um, and like Kevin Cole talks about this with that quarterback class all the time. What's weird about Baker's data is Baker at his high is just as good, if not better, than where Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen have been. Baker at his low is by clearly out of those three the worst. Like though the other two at their lows were not as bad as Baker. Mm-hmm. And to me, it's like I get that that variance to me. Uh, favorite word. Mm-hmm. It's just something to keep in mind, right? For me, just something to keep in mind. Yeah, and and even if the the highs of Baker do come down. It's acceptable as long as the lows come up. So it's a little bit more exactly. of a if it if you have a more, <clears throat> I guess, or a lower level of variance, a more concentrated, generalized, uh, average overall performance week in week out, then it's acceptable. But it's, I mean, 
we don't have that. Right. We don't. And again, I listen, part of it is, and I, I hear this, right? Freddie Kitchens was a terrible coach and it was not the right offense for Baker. Mm-hmm. So I hear that. And if it was just that, that season, I would care a lot less. But he started in Stefanski's new offense looking terrible. Yeah, he looked like, just as people bad. People like, oh, well, it was bad weather games. Well, I, I hate to break it to people. Baker's playing in Cleveland. He's going to have to deal with bad weather games. And I also would say he ended the season in a lot of bad weather games and looked just fine. So I don't yeah. buy this idea that it was just bad weather. I think there were things going wrong. I think Stefanski changed the offense. But, but I mean, you can only change an offense so many times, right? Like, mm-hmm. eventually, you just got to the quarterback has to be able to do something consistently. The quarterback has to get you buckets. Mm-hmm. I think you're right, right? If Baker Mayfield's numbers looked a little bit like Kirk Cousins, would I love giving him that five-year, $35 million a year deal? No, but I would be okay with it, mm-hmm. right? I'd be okay with it. I think, like, the Vikings had a year where they re- – had Kirk Cousins been their quarterback, they could have won, right? They could have won it all. Like, that year where they went to the NFC championship game? Yeah. If they had Kirk Cousins that year, I think they would have won. And I know, like, that's like, well, they didn't. But that's the point, right? They didn't need to cut anybody that the year after when they signed Kirk Cousins. Mm-hmm. And so to me, it's like, I think the Browns could, if Baker looks like that, the Browns could win the Super Bowl. And listen, people say his highs are better. So even if he's a little better or a little worse, like, that's fine. It's why I don't have a huge problem with the Ryan Tannehill extension. Right, like I, I think the Titans made a gamble that Tannehill's good enough. He may not be great, but he's good enough that if we put the right pieces around him, we can win a Super Bowl. And I, again, they, they that game against the Chiefs. I know they lost, but they gave the Chiefs a better series than anybody else that year, outside the 49ers. But that Titans team was good. So I just. To me, I just want more data. And again, I'm risk averse as a natural rule. So that's what this is for me. But I think the risks of this are legitimately higher than the rewards. Yeah. I mean, there there are times to take risks. And sometimes that is at the quarterback position. But it's it's not at contract extension. That's not, right. that's not the risk time. The risk time to, for taking quarterback is drafting one or trading for one. It's right. it's not extending one. Because extending one, especially one where you don't have a definitive answer on what that player is, is not it's not good it's not good business. Right. And again, I think Baker could literally overtake LeBron as like Cleveland's favorite athlete just because of how much of a Brownstown it is. If Baker looks good and like I would love that. That would be amazing. Like to have that type of face of the franchise that we haven't had ever mm-hmm. that would be great again i just i am not confident we are there yet and I, listen andrew barry knows better than both of us so yeah I, i'll trust him on this one but it, to me it sounds like from reading robert mays article and listening to the interview mays did with barry that barry is going to be cautious about it yeah i mean if it was up to Brown's Twitter and, you know, everyone who writes for a, a fan site, then yeah, they would have signed Baker to an extension the, the moment he was eligible. 
but it, lucky for us, they're not in charge of the team. So it, it seems like Andrew Barry is going to be uh, very calculated in the way he handles yep. this. He's not going to just be like, that's our quarterback. We got to beat the market and make sure we don't have to pay extra because Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson signed their extension. It doesn't seem like that's, that's going to happen. It, right. I agree. So it seems like he's right. He's rightfully going to look at Baker Mayfield and only Baker Mayfield when looking at the quarterback contract extension conversation, it, 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 considering Lamar and Josh Allen and whatever they sign, it, it just, it should not come into the equation. And like, I guess my last point here too, is I think Stefanski can set stuff up in that offense that tests this situation, right? Certain plays that they didn't run last year because they weren't sure Baker could do them, run them this year. Run them the first eight games and see. I mean, there's that. There's also, uh, there's probably plays, concepts, packages that Odell was supposed to be a part of, but he wasn't because he got hurt. Right. Right. It, but I think, like, you can do all of those things, right? I think there should, Baker needs to be able to get Odell the ball if Odell is healthy, right? Which is a big if. But, like, assuming he's healthy, like, I want to see Baker do that. And these are like little things that Stefanski could add in an offense, and there's risk associated with it, of course, right? Because you can lose a game. But like Baker's got to do it. And I think they use that as the testing ground. Yeah. It, it seems like that would be the, the right way to go about it. It seems like that's probably how they're going to go about it. Yeah, I agree. So do you have any uh, final thoughts for this week? No, no. I just thank you, everybody, for listening to the podcast. I think we're having a good time doing this. I, I know I'm learning a lot, especially from talking to our guest and like having this conversation with you. I think I arrive at firmer conclusions. So yeah, and we I, will, I'm loving it. And we will have guests back next week. Today was just a uh, me and Jordan conversation, but we'll have guests back again next week. Uh, you can always find this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, my YouTube page. This is Believeone.com, Reels Browns fans, uh, com, and pretty much anywhere you uh, want. Uh, you make sure you know, rate it five stars, subscribe, all that fun stuff. Comments. Comments. Comment. Yeah, that's Comments another are always useful. Yep. And share it because you know what? The, the best thing you can do is be like, hey, I like listening to this. Share it with your friends so they can listen to it too. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Absolutely. Thank you. Yeah. So uh, we'll be back next week with guests. And until then, have a great weekend, everybody.